Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon. This is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. That's you. Hi. Thank you for tuning in for what is, I think, the third deep dive this is deep that we're going to be doing. Three. So a deep dive is just where uh, myself and Greg just have a look at a uh, topic that's of concern to you, the DIY artist, the independent musician. And um, today we're looking at pay-to-play gigs. Something that has gone on for quite some time and, Forever. and still continues to be potentially a scourge. We're going to discuss whether... We do see a lot of people who like to talk about them. So <laughs> Yes, so what actually is the definition of a pay-to-play gig? Greg. Do you want to take that one or do you want me to? Uh, I'll give it a go and you can fill in the, in the blanks. I'll, cor you... I'll correct him where, uh, where, possible, where possible. So a pay-to-play gig is a gig organised by a promoter to play at a what may be considered a, a desirable venue. Nice venue. And But to have the ability to play there you have to sell a, a minimum amount of tickets uh, we were saying it could be 30, it could be 40. Could be 30, could be 40, depending on the size Tickets. of the venue. There'll probably be maybe four, maybe even sometimes five acts or artists on the bill. So it's your responsibility as an artist on the bill to sell those tickets to your friends and your family and your work colleagues and your next door neighbour and your dog. And if you don't sell all the tickets, then maybe you might actually have to pay uh, the shortfall. Or you don't get invited back, so you could end up with scourge on your name. You could do. And um, for that, then yes, as you were saying, you might get to play a uh, quite a nice music venue. A venue that's maybe outside of the, the range of venues. that, you, that The pub you, venues that you may you, be frequenting. Yes, or the, the, do they still refer to it as the toilet circuit? These I days, I've never heard that it's, phrase before. Yes, it, you know the the, the grotty sort of backstreet um, uh, music venues. This time you might be playing a nice music venue, so somewhere with like with a good PA, with a good PA, and with with, with, with great a stage, on, the, gr stage great on stage sound. So you know the, there are potentially pluses to playing such a gig, and that's the thing. I mean, it's a case of. A, if you want a shortcut to playing a great venue and avoiding the toilet toilet circuit, toilet circuit, um, as Sheldon suggested, then yes, they are a way of being able to get there in a very, very short period of time. But it does come at a cost, whether it be financially or playing to people you already know because they're the only ones who know who you are, who feel obligated or kind enough to buy a ticket. And as lots of people will uh, will empathise and realise this situation is that on nights such as that, then obviously the audience are divided up into, let's say, if there's four acts on the bill, there's four sort of quadrants, and maybe the first act who's on the bill, they might play, and the audience that they brought with them, they're only really interested in seeing that particular band who've just been on. I... And then when that band goes off stage, they'll head home or they'll head into town, and it's not really potentially the right but, but sort of you've got a lot of, of bands audience. who go there because they're like, hey, we can play to the other band's audience. In theory, yes. But the, the thing is, though, I don't see pay-to-play gigs as something that people buy into because they want to go for a night out of entertainment. They're almost doing it as a favour 
for their friend who, or family member who's in the band and they're being asked to support them financially. Although that's the thing, you're not supporting them financially, you're supporting the promoter. Who's put, giving them an opportunity the to... And we, we were doing a, a bit of... Uh, a bit of back of the fag packet uh, maths that yep. if if there's four acts on, have each been given the task of maybe thirty or forty tickets, maybe seven, maybe sometimes eight pounds a ticket. Yep. As the promoter, without doing potentially a jot of work, because these are the sort of nights that aren't necessarily well promoted in and around the the, the towns and cities that they're. Um, that they're uh, playing in for the simple reason that you don't need to promote it because all the acts on the bill they're, selling, they're the selling the tickets on your behalf i mean i always refer to promoters in this particular circumstances as gig facilitators they're really facilitating the ability for all these bands to have a gig at what is potentially a, a nice venue and a nice venue that they wouldn't necessarily get to play so i think everybody's complicit the promoter's um, complicit in saying that, yeah, I'm not really promoting the night, and the band's complicit I, in that I shouldn't really be playing this venue. And it's, it's quite... At a, that a, stage. At that stage of their career. And it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. I do think, though, the, the gig organiser the, uh, is a better yeah, term of promoter. phrase than a promoter because all I seem to hear from bands bemoaning pay-to-play opportunities is that the promoter doesn't do anything but as you pointed out well they don't have to if if they basically organize the the stage literally for that band to play and they've got to sell the tickets why would you do any more and why would you actually end up losing more of your revenue to advertise a band or bands who probably don't have much in the way of promotional content in the first place mm. It's, you know, as a promoter, it is very much a license to print money. I actually work for a, uh, a company that, that promotes uh, gigs and concerts. And it's very much really the, the, the responsibility of promoting events is normally shared equally between the venue and the artists and the promoter themselves. So what my responsibility working for a promoter is, is that we've got to find the right artists put them on in the right venue, knowing that the artist has a large enough fan base that we can utilise, or once they advertise the gig to their fan base, they'll come along to the venue. The venue hopefully has got a, um, a good enough uh, mailing list and marketing ability themselves so that when the gig goes on sale, they can advertise to their existing audience and, and uh, to their, their passing trade, the, the people that are coming in to watch those shows each and every night and as a promoter we'll do uh, individual marketing in terms of everything from print to maybe exit flyering of, of gigs and other events uh, we'll do paid Facebook ads so the responsibility is shared very much equally in some respects between all three parties yeah however as a as a pay-to-play promoter you don't really have to do anything. All you really do is you, you might print one poster with the four bands and the four acts that are on. Facebook event. Facebook event. Bosh, that's it. Yeah. Um, and um, feet up on the couch, drinking a large mug of tea and large packet of crisps. It's, um, I suppose, as a promoter, it's, it's a guaranteed income. So, So, really, from a business exercise... It's quite good. 
If but, you're the promoter, yeah. But the confusion appears to be that bands seem to think the promoters are interested in pushing the local scene. Possibly. Well, obviously there are lots of promoters who do that. However, if you're entering into a financial arrangement with a promoter who forces you to sell a minimum amount of tickets, you know that that promoter isn't in it for the benefit of developing your career or being um, an instigator who will um, promote and further the local music scene. They're just doing it to make money. And let's face it, Making money is not in itself is not a crime. A crime. The, uh, you know, uh, any, you any, any, say, any promoter wants to make money, but but you did say though that the, even the musicians' union say, "No, nah, this isn't a good idea." Yeah, the musicians' Which union say, "You know, the, you know, as a musician, you should value your worth, and the responsibility should be placed upon the the person who's promoting the gig." And and that is true. And but. It's almost like pay-to-play gigs are very much um, some in a, you know a, a form of gig that's in and of itself. I do seem to think, though. I mean, you, you kind of asked the, 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 the suppose the overall question: Is it worth doing them? And I seem to think that um, a lot of bands seem to think that there's no no alternative. It's either play your open mic nights, which usually contain the a deluge of the worst musicians who are up on stage just because they want the crack of being on stage, usually after several pints, and or suddenly going to um, play venues that are really beyond their fan capacity and are being charged, you know, anything up to, what do you mean? Well, we're kind of speculating here, maybe 350 quids worth of tickets, which for our American fans might be like $500 worth of tickets. And that's a lot of money to spend on a bucket list activity. Yeah. If you're having to, if you're having to persuade people, if you're selling your tickets and people aren't coming to buy them from you, which I think is a very, very different uh, ideology, um, then you're you're not ready to play those no. those gigs unless you're happy to spend the money yourself for the experience rather yeah. than the exposure. That that's it. it. You you are paying a premium for. The luxuries. For, for, for those particular luxuries. So, so maybe what, as an alternative, what you should maybe think about doing, and this would be my... Is this the solution, Sean? This is potentially the solution. Like, for example, we, we, we mentioned the, uh, the Castle Hotel in Manchester on Oldham Street, 80 capacity. So I would say that if you, as a band or a musical artist, collaborated with another band or musical artist you really should be able to if again if if a if a pay to play promoter is saying you need to buy 30 or 40 tickets how about you both combine together to sell between 60 and 80 tickets which would be 75 to 100% of the capacity of that particular venue Obviously, you have to pay to hire out the venue. Could be hundred. Could be. To be fair, though, there's a lot of pounds. venues now. If you, uh, they'll open the doors for for nothing. Potentially, yeah. Okay, you probably will have to provide your own PA, but you know, if you can get people behind, well, into the venue, putting money behind the bar, then you know they'll more than likely get the venue for free, and then you the money that you would have otherwise spent 
trying to sell well that you would have had to have used if you couldn't sell all the tickets could be spent on marketing it and getting people there i mean i'm very much i would rather be paid by the venue rather than be paid by individual people just because um, in my experience i've put on nights that way and it's been very very successful um you've obviously gone the other way and kind of got people to pay specifically to who are quite ha happily buy tickets from you to your gigs yes. all over the country and you know you're selling directly to the fan your entertainment is directly to the fan the way i see it is my entertainment is directly to the venue which will keep people in the venue buying beer but you know my my suggestion would be find a nice small venue yep. that's uh, reasonably cheap to hire two acts maybe even three acts two acts and a dj I two acts and a dj that would be nice changeovers nice and quick um and you be the promoter and if you reckon you can confidently sell in the same manner as you would do to a pay-to-play gig, um, 30 tickets, 40 tickets at a maximum, then you be the promoter. Obviously, you know, you're potentially running a risk then, but the, the whole point is then that you receive the financial rewards on those sorts of nights. And coming back to the pay-to-play side of things is that, you know, if you're only going to cream a small amount off the excess tickets once you've sold the minimum, then, you know, you're on a, a very poor return if it's a business endeavour rather than just a, a bucket list activity. Whereas, yeah, if you're going to put on your own night, you take the risk, which will be probably still less than the risk that you'd have to take selling the tickets, um, and you share that with someone else. And I think the important thing is here is to run it as a night mm. rather than just a gig. Then the likelihood is people will come and people will stay rather than see the one thing that they've paid to come and see because they don't really care less about anything else and then go home again. A holistic night. I like what you're saying this, there, Greg. It is. So, uh, and I mean, my experience, I've done stuff like that and it has worked and worked very well. Um, still a lot of work and yes, Sheldon, Sheldon rightly pointed out, it is a gamble, but I would rather take the gamble and see the full returns myself than then go to a pay-to-play venue where I'm probably not at that stage yet and having to basically line someone else's pockets. And just work on the basis that imagine doing a gig and you actually made some made a huge amount of money at the end of the night rather than having to hand all that cash to be honest, over to someone else. If you make any money, that's a good start. Oh, yeah. So... Well, I think um, when you, uh, most um, festivals, when they run uh, a festival for a first year, you, you, you lose money on the first year. You ideally should break even on the second and you don't actually make any money until the third. But that's like for businesses in your first, you know, it's, it's probably about the same, about three years before you're actually um, in making money, obviously depending on what your capital outlay is. So, but... I, you know, I suppose to summarise all of this is I don't think there's any. Uh, we're not seeing there's anything ingressively wrong with pay-to-play venues or pay-to-play gigs. It's just that I personally wouldn't choose them as a shortcut or something as my first outings out on the stage, just because I just don't think they represent a huge return on the investment that you're putting in. Oh, the the investment that your friends and family. Yeah. 
are putting in. So like, like you say, it, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut that you probably don't need to take. What you should do is go maybe more grassrootsy, get involved, you find a couple of other like-minded people, you become the promoters yourself, you promote the night yourself at a much of a smaller venue. And what you tend to find is that the satisfaction that you'll get, because you know, you run your own nights. Oh, it's cool. Myself and some of our friends way back when, we ran our own nights and the the the, the satisfaction that you get from, from creating a successful night of live music that is organized with your you know with your friends is is fantastic and you'll keep the money at the end of the night yeah and you'll actually think i put all the hard work in but you will you will see the benefit yourself uh, you know beyond just the finances Brilliant. you know so that that is our summarization that's about yeah pay to play gigs Okay, thanks very much for, for listening slash watching. Smash the subscribe button. Person, Comment. Do, do you agree with us? What's the worst pay-to-play gig you've ever done? Are they in your town? Are they in your area? Tell us in the comments below. Have you got had positive experiences from them? Have you actually played a gig where other bands' fans have stuck around? You mm -hmm. know, because we seem to get a lot of people who say that never happens. We may be wrong. We may be just in the wrong part of the country. Maybe, maybe. So thanks very much for watching. Comments below, smash the subscribe button, whatever that means. And we'll see you next time. Take care. See bye ya. bye.